to have a dessert before dinner? He's always like, where were your parents? <laughs> Gone. Uh, they Gone. were not around. <laughs> Sometimes I just wish that she would die mm -hmm. because then you it's like a clean morning of her being gone and that we can sort of breathe like so we yeah. would just run extension cords from their house into our house and that's how we were you know getting electricity that episode was so much fun to do with you zoe we unpacked a lot yes oh my gosh you guys are gonna take the ride on my crazy, crazy upbringing. And we're talking about addiction and my mushroom experience <laughs> and all kinds of things. So yeah. Also to just to, to point out on, on sort of a heavier side, just for a second is I, I do talk about addiction. I talk about abuse. And so, um, just to kind of warn listeners before you, mm -hmm. uh, bef before you tune in that, that those topics are talked about. So if that is not an interest to you, turn away but I think I think this is one that I think a lot of people will find um find entertaining and interesting to hear so. yeah definitely okay guys here it is welcome to the lean and learn podcast where two best friends a mom and a therapist come together to lean on each other and learn from each other this podcast was created to hear stories of success suffering and everything in between a space for women to feel connected supported and hurt you can expect total realness from Priscilla and Zoe as we share our own life experiences, and we hope you take this journey with us as we lean on and learn from. Hi, Priscilla. Hi. So today, today's going to be a heavy one. We have a, a pretty, it's a pretty big topic. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see how much we get to, but I think it's also going to be kind of uh, funny and fun in some ways too, to share some stories. So yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good one, but we're, we're going to talk about addiction today and, and specifically more so like my story of, of, and my experience with addiction in my family. Um, and yeah, nothing is off limits. We're just going to really dive in. There's going to be some, uh, all kinds of things that we'll talk about. So yeah. I'm excited to just hear your story and hopefully people feel supported along the way as yeah. well. Yeah. And that's really my hope too, is to just whoever's out there listening that maybe have gone, gone through something similar, um, to know that you're not alone and, and that there is kind of a, uh, light at the end of the tunnel, uh, yeah. for lack of a better term there that, that just because, you know, something may have happened in your childhood, it doesn't have to define your future. So Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's yeah. the biggest takeaway from the whole thing. So I know you're going to be jumping into some, a story with your mom. Yes. And so I want you to kind of start at the beginning. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about your parents and we'll start from there. Yeah. So my parents, um, I don't have much information about my dad. My mom, mm -hmm. on the other hand, she was a single mom. Um, she was actually a teacher at my school growing up, um, which I'm looking back now, I think is funny, but <laughs> I was going to say that's a wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that in elementary school? That was elementary school. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, so, so elementary school, she, we, you know, kind of had that like picturesque, I, I always say 
life when I was much younger, probably till about Mm -hmm. third grade. Um, She worked at our school. Me and my sister both went to the same school and it was great. Um, I think for, in terms of like the addiction story, it really started with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, She started drinking with my stepdad at the time pretty heavily and gained actually quite a bit of weight. It's interesting Mm -hmm. to see her like weight journey throughout everything because she was pretty I mean she's a tall gal she I think she's almost she's like 5'11 maybe. yeah so she was a, a big big lady when she was drinking <laughs> that's so wild I could yeah. not see her like, I know puffy and larger you know right I mean, she's yeah. so tiny to me right I know yeah. yeah so so that was that was interesting to to watch but anyway so um the drinking piece that I think that's when like the instability definitely started for us mm-hmm. in, in the home. Um, there were, were some with my stepdad at the time, um, some physical abuse that was happening. And I, I really just, you know, I think that was influenced by the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my mom and him were separated. And I think that was around, gosh, my timeline's a little blurry, but I think maybe f- third or fourth grade is when that separation happened. Okay. And so, um, and I want to make sure I'm not missing any pieces there. Um, because once that happened, things went pretty quickly in terms of the addiction. She actually started taking Adderall, um, which was the first thing, and she was stealing it from her boss's son. <laughs> Oh no, I was actually just going to ask you. So would you say like third or fourth grade was the age that you realized like, okay, there's something going on here. So no, you didn't know. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um, honestly, and I think if there's listeners out there that have had a parent with addiction, maybe they experience the same thing, but I don't think I I truly like was confident in what I, my thoughts were about the situation until Mm -hmm. like after, like around high school, after Mm -hmm. high school. Okay. And I think that that had to do a lot with just manipulation from my mom and like the, um, gaslighting that was happening. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember one of the times and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but I remember one of the times that um, she was arrested. I went through the whole house and uh, like with my phone recorded the whole entire house. Um, mm-hmm. and, like all the drugs that were found by the police like were out there because we were all there while it was happening. And so I was recording everything. And I remember saying, I'm having this for evidence. So when she tells me that this didn't happen or that this isn't what I thought happened, I can have this proof because it was like such that manipulation that she could get me to believe that what my experience was, wasn't actually what my experience was. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just a whole other kind of crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, she started with Adderall. Um, and I remember diet pills too. And I remember my sister and I like sneaking those and taking those too, when I was probably like fifth or sixth grade, um, which was, just a trip, but that's a um, whole nother thing in, a, in and of itself too. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like, you watch your parent go through something like that. And then you're like curious about it. Right. Sounds, sounds like you're yeah. like, oh, what is this? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that behavior just kind of like 
was being demonstrated to us, like the sneaky, like looking, you know, in her room and like the sneakiness that she was demonstrating made us want to be like sneaky and look through her things. So yeah, yeah, it became pretty, I would say like before she went to prison the first time, like fourth, fifth, sixth grade were pretty intense just in terms of um, like our home life. Mm -hmm. She had like padlocks on her doors and we would just break them down. And so then she would have to get like a new, it was just, it was a lot at that I can't time. Unpack that a little bit for me. Like when, you know, she found out that you girls were snooping, what mm-hmm. was the reaction? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was abusive. I mean, it was a completely just chaotic scene when mm-hmm. she would find out that we would break into her room. And the funny thing is my sister and I talk about this now and she's my older sister, but she would always get me to come and like do whatever the thing is she wanted to have done. Cause she was too scared to do it herself. Yes. So like she would, since she was older, she was a little bit more like kind of aware of something going wrong. And so mm-hmm. she would get me to then like help her break the door down. And I didn't really know like, Oh, we're just going to do this. I didn't understand maybe fully like what yeah. was behind us doing this. So anyway, she, she would, I, a lot of times, like if we found something, I remember we found needles one time uh, for drugs and she told us that they were her diabetic friend's needles and that um, she had them because the friend didn't know how to do it himself. It's like, whatever you need to do with the needles for diabetes. Wow. And we believed it. We believed it at the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, we don't know anything different. I, I mean, we were sort of like, this seems not right, but also right. like, uh, we don't know. So yeah, um, it was always the, some kind of manipulation that mm-hmm. would happen to like explain the, the scene that we would see, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you kind of remember the first time your mom was arrested and what that, what that felt like? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so my dad came back in the picture for a few days when I was, gosh, that must have been like fifth or sixth grade for me. Um, like mom and dad together, or no, he was just he in just town. came he came to see us. Okay. Um, and what ended up happening was my mom was in jail, and so was my sister because my sister at the time had been running away a lot. And so my mom would call the police on her Mm. and then she'd get a runaway charge at that time. And so Mm -hmm. my sister was doing weekends in jail or yeah, weekends in juvie. And then my dad just like showed up one day and my mom was also in jail, but I don't remember why she was in jail that time. So that was the first time I ever met my dad was at my house alone with him. I was going to say, who was with you? I was a lot from what I remember, I was alone and he, my dad's an artist and we stayed up. He was there, I think maybe for like 72 hours and he didn't sleep. He was like smoking cigarettes in our house and just painted these murals on, on our walls. And it was, was like he on drugs. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> he smokes a lot of pot, like as like, and he, it's like a joint cigarette joint. I mean, he's always has a cigarette or a joint in his, in his hand. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was just, that was like a fever dream. It was like just weird. And, um, but also another, probably yeah. a little exciting having him yeah. there and painting these beautiful murals. Yeah. It was at the time it was like really cool. I'm like this cool hippie dude. That's like yeah. coming over and 
but the timing was so like crazy that, yeah, my sister and my mom, my sister, I think maybe spent like a few hours with him throughout mm-hmm. the time. Cause she, you know, she was gone. And then I don't recall my mom even being, I think my mom was in jail that whole time. So, um, but again, I don't remember why she went, there was a lot of times in the beginning where she would go for like a weekend or she would go for like, um, you know, 24 hours or something. And I think I was too young to know why. Um, I think my biggest concern and just listening to this as a parent, I'm like, where was the adult super- supervision right. and yeah. why did nobody know that you were like, yeah, did the school not notice? did, you know, the jail system or whatever, like not know that you were home alone by yourself as a child. Yeah, no. And that's, what's super crazy too, is that the first time my mom was big time arrested, I was actually home with her. Um, and I actually let the police in. I, again, I still was like totally oblivious to Mm -hmm. what was going on, which now looking back, our house was completely, we didn't have a floor in the bathroom at the time. Like Mm -hmm. my mom had completely, um, just torn up our house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I guess we're just doing these projects. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, I, I remember like clearly walking, um, to the fence of my backyard and like four cops were there and they're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, can, you know, you show us where your mom is. And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, here she is. And just welcome. Yeah. I'm like, here you go. Um, yeah. And so that was the first time. And going back to what you were saying about like, um, did anybody do anything and like with me as the child? I just left. I they started searching that house and handcuffed my mom. And I was like sitting there and I'm like, my sister works just right down the the street can I leave? Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, go ahead. And now I'm like, how the hell did that happen? I mean, I know knowing what I know now, it's like, I should have been in state custody. I should have Mm -hmm. been, I should have been immediately taken to. So I don't, I don't know if it was like, I I have no clue how that happened. Yeah. Um, That is wild to me that, that, you know, they just kind of let you go. So you said you went to your sister's work. Yeah. So I went to my sister's work, which was luckily just like a couple blocks away. I walked over there and um, what ended up happening, my sister, again, she was in trouble too, because she was running away and had like an MIP. So she actually, um, come to find out she had told her probation officer that she had found a, a meth pipe and that she in had house. in our house and she had okay. hit it, hit it in a specific spot and told her probation officer about this. And so we had sort of, I mean, my sister basically, um, turned my mom in essentially is what it come, it came down to. Um, Oh, that's why they showed up. So that's why they showed up. Yeah. Okay. And so, so my sister had told me this and then I thought back and they had, cause they were searching our house while I was there and they came down with this purse, which was my purse. And inside the purse was the meth pipe. And they were like, whose purse is this? And my sister or my mom said, Oh, that's Hannah's per uh, Hannah's purse. You're telling me you found drugs in her purse. And what she was, my mom was trying to blame it on my sister. Like she was saying, like, I didn't know my daughter was doing that. And like said all these things. And I'm like, wow, what the hell is happening? So, um, obviously they knew that it was my mom's. So, oh my goodness. Just the fact that it was, you know, she was trying to blame you guys already at that point is 
yeah crazy to me yeah that was wild and um I remember when my mom found out that my sister was the one who called it was like the biggest betrayal my mom she was so angry at us and like couldn't believe that we like turned on her essentially to do that wow but what about the betrayal of saying it was Hannah's purse <laughs> right yeah yeah totally that's like you know totally when she's, yeah. when she's already in the system dealing with her own thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wow yeah I'm sure yeah. that definitely caused some friction so how long was she gone this was the first time yeah that was like the first big time she was gone for about a year so all of seventh grade for me she was gone and at the time like we had lived in the same house our whole lives and um my aunt actually lived next door to us and so and that's my mom's sister Mm -hmm. so we moved in with her and um they just like put our house up for and I remember that was like a big out of all of it not my mom being in jail that wasn't a big um so much of a big deal but like the fact that my family sold our house that was like the that was really sad for us because we just we'd never been in another house before so yeah uh, that was your home yeah yeah so I remember that was we just uprooted us and sold our house so she was there for I think like nine or ten months um okay were you living with her when she got back so I was still with my aunt and then they sat me down again, just finished seventh grade and said like, who do you want to stay with? You can stay with your aunt or you can go move back in with your mom. Wow. And obviously I'm going to choose mom. Like it's my mom. I'm not going to, you know, right. And plus like living with my aunt, I had rules. I had, it was way different. You know, I, I was treated like a baby. It felt like so yeah. like, get me the hell out of here. I'm going back with right. my mom. <laughs> she and her, your aunt's eyes was probably trying to give you stability that she oh, knew yeah. that you weren't getting. And oh, then, yeah. so at this time, you know, seventh grade, sixth grade, mm-hmm. the time where your mom's gone, would you say that you were hanging out with, what were you leaning towards? Like, were you hanging out with the wrong crowd? Were you hanging oh, yeah. out with good people? No, what, I, with my aunt, I was, I, it's so funny. It's so about your environment and like, Mm-hmm. Pulling in like my education now and my experience as a therapist, I'm always like, I'm such an environment person, you know, any kid I'm working with, like, I want to know, like environment is everything. I was getting straight A's when I was in seventh grade with my aunt, like hanging yeah. out with really good, positive people, like on sports teams and stuff. And then boom, the second I'm back with my mom, I'm like drinking, you know, in the camper and like smoking pot, <laughs> like within yeah. weeks. So Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's true. It's all about environment because Mm -hmm. when your mom came back, what did that look like? Did you guys have to start over? At that point, you know, I was getting to becoming a teenager. So I became pretty disconnected to her, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just thinking too, like before she went to jail the first time, I remember like going to AA meetings with her Mm -hmm. and I got pretty familiar with the rules of AA. Yeah. But then I would see her at home, like drinking and she would tell me, well, it's okay. If I have like one beer, it's, this is about like not getting drunk. And so manipulation, there it is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I just remember like that same sort of thing was happening when she got out of jail. Like it's okay if I'm smoking cigarettes or, you know, doing whatever it is because it's not meth. So, and at that time too, she denied to me a hundred percent that she had used meth. Like that was mm-hmm. a complete, 
denial. Like she was like, there's a hundred percent. They're crazy. I'm being targeted kind of thing. Um, and you believed her. Yeah. I was like, okay, like, I guess that's what happened. Like I, I and yeah. I think at the time I was more just like, I don't even want to ask her because I don't want her to like lie to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna, well, it's again, not like, a, yeah. Yeah. And that's no fault to you. I mean, you were a child, like yeah. everybody craves, you know, f- to be with their parent and live mm-hmm. with their parent and mm-hmm. not think that they're doing meth. Like, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're yeah. going to believe what she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what, what next? My mom ended up moving, um, us to another house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just us, but at this time my sister was much older, mm-hmm. teenager, had a boyfriend. And so it was really just me and my mom. Yeah. Um, and this guy again, creepy, he would, we found him like he had like dug a hole in like by a bush and was like watching us. What it the was heck? really weird. Yeah. That guy was really, really weird. Um, one Christmas, uh, the morning we woke up and that guy had come into our house and completely like broke, shattered every ornament on our Christmas tree, like cut it into a big pile. And my wow. mom went to jail that day <laughs> for, um, I think maybe drinking. Okay. Um, like yeah. in drinking and driving. No, because I think because she was on probation and so she wasn't supposed to have like Got alcohol it. or drinking at all. So, or associate with other people that had felonies. So she had mm-hmm. a felony at that point. So I can't remember there. There's so many times mm-hmm. she went to jail, but yeah, so she was in jail. And then my sister that morning was like, well, I'm going back to my boyfriend. <laughs> so I was like, ah, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, that was a really, that was one of my more sad stories of, of this whole thing, but yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Um, that is so crazy. So your mom's in jail. How old are you yes. this time? So I was going in, that was eighth grade. So eighth grade. all of eighth okay. grade. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so she was in and out and then she, we moved again. I don't, I don't know why we moved, but imagining probably cause it was too expensive. I was going to just ask you when your mom was gone this time, how did you keep the house how did you live there by yourself how did you pay bills how did you feed yourself what did that look like honestly I think I was just like couch surfing like I think I was like with a friend um or yeah I mean the bills weren't being paid probably (laughs) I don't know when we moved to the next house um we lived in like a it was a small like upstairs of a house and um this is the one I met you in. I remember this house. Yeah. Yeah, That was my freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, so she stayed sober or sober. At least she eluded the police for at least, you know, from seventh grade or eighth grade to 10th grade, 11th grade. Can't remember, but she was, she was, she was good for a little, like a little bit, which again, who knows if she was using or not, but she was able to stay out of jail, which Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the house that you met me in, that was the house where um I was older and my sister was again, she's on doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. Um and so that house, I actually kind of just basically lived there a lot of the time by myself. I was yeah, yeah I was there alone a lot. Yeah. I remember visiting or, you know, just coming over to hang out with mm-hmm. you and your mom was just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was there was no parent there taking care of things. I remember, um, 
it was funny because when I would come over, I would think like, oh, she has so much independence and, you know, I wish I had that kind of thing or yeah, a little bit. I can remember just always thinking like, where, you know, where are the parents? Like where, you know, but it's so funny because Alex always tells me that now when I'm like, I'm going to have a dessert before dinner. He's always like, where were your parents? (laughs) Gone. Uh, They were not around. (laughs) Um, That is so funny. I I love that. But I do also remember like you creating such a cute, cozy home. Like you weren't living in filth. Like no, you, yeah, no. you know, you yeah. always had like this really like almost like magical little like oasis kind of oasis. Yeah. 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 Like it yeah. was always, it always felt cozy there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, keep going. So yeah. You- yeah. I, so with that house, I think, um, yeah, I did feel cozy. That was a really cute. And me and my mom had very similar tastes. Like she mm-hmm. hip hippie gal. So it was always decorated cute. And yeah, I mean, it was always clean. Um, I think one of the positives about meth is that she had the energy to make sure that everything was up to par. Oh my goodness. That is so funny. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I can remember that time pretty clearly, but yeah. Well, and another thing too. So what happened, she had a boyfriend at that time and, uh, that was a lot of the reason I was alone. Um, but it got to a point where like her and I, I mean, I was a teenager, we were fighting a lot and she mm-hmm. was basically just like, well, screw you. You can deal with it on your own. And yeah. so we didn't have power in that house. We didn't have running mm-hmm. water. I honestly don't know. I don't know how I, I wasn't to the point of maturity to understand like rent or anything like that. So I mm-hmm. didn't, that wasn't something that I was, I wasn't just, wasn't thinking of it. And it was just more like, well, this sucks. I've got to take a cold shower, like, you know, Mm -hmm. or like, how am I going to charge my phone? You know, that was more of my worries. Yeah. I remember we literally were running, um, electricity from again, because downstairs was a different person's house. So we would just run extension cords from their house into our house. And that's how we were, you know, getting electricity. Oh my goodness. Oh. I I can remember something pretty vividly too is you were just used to the chaos. Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like oh my goodness. It was just like almost adapting. Co- adopt adapting, adapting and yeah. almost comical, right? You were yeah. just like it was like this is you what were it being is. secretive and it was funny and it mm-hmm, was mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do remember there being one point I can't remember the exact years, but I remember um I think your mom was away again, right? And you lived by yourself in a house. So, yes. So what ended up happening um, was with this house, it got to a point where, like, I think we were either going to be getting kicked out or, like, it just got to a point where it was winter. We didn't have electricity. Like, things Mm -hmm. were just, like, not going well. And, like, with my mom's behavior, me and my sister were like, "We, we need help. Like, I wasn't, I think, I must have been... I think it was my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have my license yet, but like I, if I wanted to go to school, like I had to drive myself and yeah. our high school was, it was far away. I mean, it was like a 20 minute, 15, 20 minute drive. So yeah. Um, it just got to a point where it was like, I am fending for myself, but like, I'm not gonna, like, th- this is not sustainable. Like we need help. Yeah. So we ended up reaching out to my grandparents and we kind of like, again, my mom was really like kind of off doing her own thing. Uh, we just like snuck away. We packed all of our mm-hmm. stuff and just left. Um, yeah. 
and my grandparents, we lived in a motel, me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was just no place to be as a kid. Um, wow. Yeah, that was really, um, there were some things that happened there that were not great. But mm-hmm. my aunt or my grandparents actually bought us that house that you're referencing. Mm-hmm. And um, again, at the time, I was like, what, a sophomore or junior in high school. They were like, if you guys help us like fix this house up and when mm-hmm. we want to sell it, you and your sister can split the the money that is made from it. Did that happen? I can't remember no, that. No. Oh, I, okay. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That did not happen at the time. Like, I don't know what that means. I don't, I, again, I'm like a kid. Like, I'm like, who cares? Like, I just need a place to stay that I can have my boyfriend come over and hang out, like, and just yeah. get off my back. Like, that was my, my thought. Yeah. So what happened at that point is my mom, again, she was good. She didn't go back to jail. She stayed, um, I wouldn't call it sober, but she stayed out of like the court system, I guess, Mm -hmm. while she was on probation all the way through that whole situation. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we necessarily want to get into my car accident, but that was when all of that happened. (laughs) I think that's a big part of the story. I mean, um, you can be pretty vague with it if you'd like, but I can remember that being like a shifting point for you Totally, yeah. of where you wanted your life to go. Yeah. Yeah. So once, and I'll just kind of vaguely say that, that I did get into a car accident and, mm-hmm. um, that was, it was just like a wake up call. I was like, this mm-hmm. is not like, I'm going down a path I don't want to. So yeah, I ended up moving away. Um, and was really just out of touch with what was going on back with Mm -hmm. my mom. And then once I, um, came back home, she was back in prison. And so that was like Mm -hmm. the big time where I said that I like recorded everything. And so that's when at that point, I mean, gosh, so I was like 17, 18, 19 at the time. That's when I going back to your original question really was like, my mom has an addiction. Yeah. So after all of that, Wow. That is when I learned and really not learned, but like really was like, I am confident in this, that, that I know that this is not right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're, when you're going through something like that, I think that you don't see what's happening. Mm -hmm. You just, you're like in fight or flight mode, right? It's like, you're just focusing on what's happening right in front of you. Where am I going to sleep tonight? How am I going to get to school tomorrow? You're not thinking about the big picture. Right. No, not at all. So after your accident, uh-huh. um, that was a big wake up call for you. Yeah. You said, mm-hmm. so what did from, from there, what did you, you said you moved away. It was this mm-hmm. when you went to Texas. Texas. I mm-hmm. remember this mm-hmm. and you, I remember you were like, I'm going to go to school and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you were putting yourself through school. You were doing yeah. all the scholarship applications and yeah. finding ways to pay for it. I can remember mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that those experiences are what led you to your career? I think, I mean, I, I, I this is kind of a tough question. Cause I, I think that like, obviously they did because mm-hmm. this is where I am today and that is my story. So I think there definitely was influence there, but I don't think mm-hmm. that while this was happening to me, I was thinking, oh, I want to help other people go through like the same kind of things. Um, yeah. 
So I think that just our life experiences lead us to wherever we are. Mm -hmm. Um, so in a sense, yes, but again, it wasn't like, because of what I've gone through, I need to do this. If that makes sense. It was just like, in spite of what I've gone through, I'm going to do this. If that makes sense. And I'm going to give myself a good future and a good life. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember having those conversations of like, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be opposite of yes. what your you know parent what's was. so funny so one of the very first times I ever tried mushrooms before um <laughs> I was with one of my like best friends at that time and yeah. she we were sitting there on my couch and this was at that house the upstairs house that you met me at yeah and she was like I don't think we can be friends because you are going to going down a path of being really bad and I don't want that yeah. And so that means that we probably aren't going to be able to continue our friendship. And that was something that like, again, being on mushrooms, I'm like, what the, but I'm like, <laughs> wow, like this is really like, you know, like I'm, I didn't get a choice. Like this is the life that I have. And I didn't get mm-hmm. a choice of this path really. Like this is yeah. the path that my mom has taken me down and I don't have a say on it. So I think that really mm-hmm. empowered me when I did, like my mantra has always been, I get to choose Mm-hmm. it's going to be in my life. And yeah. now that I'm an adult, like I, I don't have anybody. It's like a freedom almost of, of mm-hmm. being able to do something completely different. Um, yeah. But I think it's that I've constantly fought that narrative. Like I mm-hmm. don't want to be a bad girl. I want to be good. And yeah. Um, I mean, I remember yeah. high school teachers. Yeah you know, t- saying that you were trouble, and yes, that, you yes. know, that's what you were always told because right. of the cards that you were dealt mm-hmm. and that, you know, you took that and you ran the opposite direction with yeah. it. So that was yeah. the coolest. But I also, I think today still struggle because I, I almost find myself like, I don't like, I've, I've wanted to not be the bad girl for so long that now I'm mm-hmm. like, am I, like, and this is just an internal struggle of like, maybe I really am a bad girl and I'm faking trying to be a like, way over the top good girl. Um, yeah. no, I mean, so that's something I, I struggle with today. Yeah. Well, I don't think that I think the people, <laughs> well, the people around you, you yeah. know, I, that's, you know, one of the things that I love so much about you is you yeah. took, I watched you go through the struggle. I watched mm-hmm. you go through, you know, hanging out with the wrong people and doing mm-hmm. all of those things. And we were friends along, yeah, along yeah. that way. I would say I was probably like a good, like the good girl, yeah. like the little angel on your shoulder uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, at uh-huh. that time. I just yeah. was never really drawn to like the wrong crowd growing yeah. up. And, yeah. um, but we always just supported one mm-hmm. another and, mm-hmm. um, just watching you now flourish and have this yeah. beautiful life that you've been able to create for yourself. And you're happily married. You have a beautiful home, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you've created yeah. this, you've done this. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Thank yes. You. <laughs> yeah, no, but, um, just knowing, you know, the past, we've kind of unpacked yeah. a lot yes. of all of that. So mm-hmm. how do you think that these experiences have now affected your relationships that you have yeah. in your life? I think that definitely, I mean, I can see like behaviors of mine that are absolutely influenced by the life that I had and like the, mm-hmm. the relationship I had with my mom. 
I think of like, you know, when people come over, I have like the natural instinct to want to like hide my purse or like hide my belongings and things like that. And I think I'll, yeah. those are sorts of things that I think I'll always just do because of her. Mm-hmm. So trust is a big one. Tr- yeah. Trust is a huge thing. And I think if we were to use the word trigger, mm-hmm. it would be lies like that to me. I'm, I'm just, I need just the truth, whether it's going to piss me off or not. I just, I need truth because that was something that my mom never gave me. And if you, I think as I've gone through the work that I have and just talking with other people who have been gaslit, you know, by a parent, it's like Mm -hmm. when you're Mm -hmm. a child, truth is not something that, you know, it's just, you're being fed lies and you're being expected to believe that to be true. Mm -hmm. So it's very confusing. So I think for me, that would be something that, and I'm so lucky with Alex because he's as honest as it gets to a point that sometimes it's like, <laughs> okay, could you lie to me a little bit? <laughs> he just says it how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just kind of talking about all of this, you know, yeah. have you in right now, your mom is, my mom is in prison right now, mm-hmm. is in prison right now. Yeah. Um, have you thought about, you know, what you want your relationship to look like with her in the future? Are you, where are you at with your journey with her? Yeah. I think when you have somebody like a parent or like a spouse or a child, one of those relationships where they'll know it's, it's, you know, it's always going to be expected in our society. I think Mm -hmm. there's pressure to have a relationship. I think I've done a lot of work throughout, um, my adult years on what that relationship is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm a realist and I know that relapse is part of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that is, and I would tell my family, there's a 500% chance that she's going to relapse. Mm-hmm. And that just is what it is. And if you can come into the relationship, knowing that that's part of what's going to happen, then I think that you can kind of save, be safe in, in the relationship a little bit more. I mean, not always because she can mm-hmm. still like steal our shit and stuff, <laughs> but, but I think mm. for me, it's like, I've done the work to not, to have a relationship that's defined by my comfortability level. And so whatever she decides to do, it can't hurt me if that makes sense. And not, this, yeah. not to say that when she goes back to jail, it doesn't hurt, but mm-hmm. she can't, like, it's not going to impact my life as it had when I was a child and that she had so much control over what my reality would be. Yeah. Um. So, and I, I think too, like going back to my job um, and if I chose this because of her, um, I actually, and I was telling you this before we recorded, but mm-hmm. I actually choose to kind of steer clear of addiction in yeah. my profession um, just because I have that experience and some people, you know, they do the complete opposite. They have that personal mm-hmm. experience and they're really drawn to wanting to, uh, help other people. But to me, I, I just don't have the sort of patience to deal with that because it was so frustrating for me. So anyway, my, I guess my point there is that I wouldn't, I, I choose to steer away from addiction in my career. And I think for our relationship in the future, if there ever is one, it's going to be very, um, tight in terms of what I allow to have happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. You're still dealing with it. So it's figuring it out as you go. And 
And I think a hard thing too is, and this sounds probably harsh, but I would tell my sister, like, sometimes I just wish that she would die mm-hmm. because then you, it's like a clean morning of her being gone and that we can mm. sort of breathe. Like it's, it's done. It was sad. It was really hard. And now we can, like, we can move forward. And I think yeah. when you have a parent who has addiction, it's like, you're constantly mourning, you know, the person because mm-hmm. thinking back to her being a teacher, you know, what a life ago that was. Yeah. Um, so you're just like constantly mourning this person that will never be that again, but they're still around reminding you that they'll never be that again. Yeah. That makes total sense. And it like had a weight and still has a weight mm-hmm. on your family dynamic and what, mm-hmm. how that's affected now your relationship, you know, with your grandparents, mm-hmm. with your aunt, with your mm-hmm. sister. So it's still like this looming cloud yeah. over, yeah. over those relationships, which is just still not fair to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. still having to navigate that. Well, what would you say to a child that is going through the same thing as you, or, you know, has a parent that struggles with addiction, what would, what would you say? Because you really are, you know, you came out of that and you are the, there's a light. Yeah, (laughs) there is a light. Yeah. And I think that's what I would say is that like your parent doesn't have to define, like, I wish I could have told that, you know, freshman that was high on mushrooms with her friend that (laughs) you don't have to be the bad girl or like, you don't have to Mm -hmm. be just because of whatever your parent is doing. That doesn't mean that you have to go down that same path. And that doesn't just mean, I think for addiction, really anything, you can choose whatever mm-hmm. life you want. Um, and it, it's not easy. It, I think it takes a mm-hmm. lot of work. I, I had to really be disciplined and teach myself everything that I know. I think it really just, it's all about what you're willing to do because mm-hmm. when you don't have parents that are going to be that safety net for you, it's really just, you, you got to figure out and understand that you're no one's coming to save you. You've got to do it yourself. And to me, that's motivating. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that can be motivating to other people that there is a light. So, yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys so much. Unless you have anything else, Zoe, that you want to say? I think that's it. I, we covered a lot today. Um, yeah, would love to hear from anyone who, is mm-hmm. listening if they had similar experiences of finding the some of the f- humor and the craziness is always one of my favorite things to do so if you have a funny yeah. story or a similar story please let us know we'd love to hear it yeah definitely and i think you know you and i have both said this while we're starting to record these episodes mm-hmm. and put this podcast together it's like mm-hmm. just being able to talk about these things yeah. is healing yeah like absolutely like have like you and I have these conversations, but to know now that we're going to put it out there and other Mm -hmm. people can be encouraged by these words. We want that, you know, if you guys have something you want to share, please reach out to us. Yeah. We want to hear, we want to hear, we know everybody has a story. Yeah. So let's support one another and lean on each other through that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Love you, Priscilla. And yes, I love you. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) See you on the next one, guys. Bye guys.